It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And here we are. It is Saturday morning. Time for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to be part of today's morning, 800 848-WABC eight four eight WABC is the number to call eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And there are so many stories, you know, I didn't get to not a fraction, I never get to the largest fraction of stories that I pull for a week, but this week was brutal with that. I mean I have stacks and stacks and Stacks of news stories that we didn't get to, I didn't get to this week. So we're gonna, I'm hopefully going to go through some of those. We're expecting to talk with Derek Hunter very soon. Derek has become part of our Saturday mornings. And it's just wonderful having him here, author, columnist. The I'm going to start just calling him the last guest host. And um, we'll talk with him. There is a... 20, if you printed out, 22-page story this morning in the New York Times. And I saw the headline, and I'm like, whoa, here we go. Here we go. And here is that headline, alone and exploited. Migrant children work brutal jobs across the United States. So here we are, of course, United States of America, brutally, brutalizing young migrant children. That's what we do. Hannah arrived, traveled to Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Michigan. This is the reporter. Minnesota, South Dakota, and Virginia for this story, and spoke to more than 100 migrant children child workers in 10 states. Hannah Dreyer is the, I believe I'm pronouncing her name right, or Dreyer, Dreyer is the New York Times reporter here. It was almost midnight in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But inside the factory, everything was bright. A conveyor belt carried bags of Cheerios past a cluster of young workers. One was 15-year-old Carolyn Yock, who came to the United States on her own last year to live with a relative she had never met. About every 10 seconds, she stuffed a sealed plastic bag of cereal into a passing yellow carton. It could be dangerous work with fast-moving pulleys and gears that had torn off fingers and ripped open a woman's scalp. The factory was full of underage workers like Carolina, who had crossed the southern border by themselves and were now spending late hours bent over hazardous machinery in violation of child labor laws. And at nearby plants, Other children were tending giant ovens to make chewy and Nature Valley Valley granola bars and packing bags of Lucky Charms 
and Cheetos, all of them working for the processing giant Hearthside Food Solutions, which would ship these products around the country. Sometimes I get tired and feel sick, Carolina said after a shift in November. Her stomach often hurt, and she was unsure if that was because of the lack of sleep, the stress from the incessant roar of the machines, or the worries she had for herself and her family in Guatemala. But I'm getting used to it. These workers are part of the new economy of exploitation. Migrant children who've been coming into the United States without their parents in record numbers are ending up in some of the most punishing jobs in the country, a New York Times investigation found. This shadow workforce extends across industries in every state, flouting child labor laws that have been in place for nearly a century. 12-year-old roofers in Florida and Tennessee, underage slaughterhouse workers in Delaware, Mississippi, and North Carolina, children sawing planks of wood on overnight shifts in South Dakota, largely from Central America, The children are driven by economic desperation that was worsened by the pandemic. This labor force has been slowly growing for almost a decade, but it has exploded since 2021. While the systems meant to protect children have broken down. We got about 20... 19 more pages of this. Not saying that pejoratively. Have obviously have nothing against these children. Well, maybe it's not obvious to some of you, so let me make it obvious. They have nothing against these children. I was working when I was 15, by the way. If you work, if you if you apply and get your working papers in most states, it used to be that you could get a job at age 14 and 15. So they're acting like 15-year-old 15-year-old people are children in the truest sense of the word that are incapable of working. That's number 1. This is this is one of my first reactions to it. Gee, a 15-year-old sawing plank of wood. Well, guess what? My daddy had me sawing planks of wood when I was about 10 years old. He taught me how to do it. Here's a saw. Here's how you do it safely. Here's how you cut through some wood. In fact, Most toddlers, boys, they used to give these little plastic tool sets to boys, and the little boys used to start practicing. Here's your little plastic hammer. Go hammer your plastic nail in a piece of plastic wood. Or here's your plastic saw. Here, go go saw something. And again, I was working when I was 14 part-time, of course, going to school. But here's a larger picture. Of this, And this is what absolutely infuriates me about this story. The Obama and Biden administration opened the border. We knew 
that there were tens of thousands of unaccompanied minors, remember the phrase, coming into the country. We knew it. The Biden administration and Obama wanted this to happen. These are part of the over 4 million illegal entries into the United States. Many of us said at the time, what are you doing? Why are you allowing these unaccompanied minors? Look, some of these kids were a lot younger than 15 and 14. There were stories at the time of young girls, some of them prepubescent, being raped on the way up here. Nobody cared about these girls as they were coming across the border. Nobody cared from the liberal end, like the New York Times, to stop the madness of these unaccompanied minors coming in. And I questioned at the time how parents, I said this is truly an act of desperation for parents to send their kids to a foreign country all alone. But yet nothing, not one liberal Democrat stood up and said, this is wrong, we have to stop this. They encouraged it. And now we get 22 pages of sob story. What did they expect to happen to these children? I got news for you. This isn't the worst of it. We are not reading about the children that are believed to be trafficked around. And I've been hearing about this from one of my friends, the Countess of Conspiracy. The Countess of the Kooks, who tells me that around the world right now, child trafficking has never been higher. And she names names, I'm not going to repeat any of them, of some of the elites that are also involved in these things. What do you expect when you displace millions of underage kids and send them across the world, across the border, so that... uh, quote unquote they can have a better life. We are not having we are not seeing the worst of this story yet. But here's the New York Times doing what liberals do. Oh my goodness, look at this problem. You helped create this problem. You helped create this and now you're outraged and you expect us outraged too. Well I am outraged by it. It's a this, this had no business after. Hey, you want America to be a third world country? This is what a third world country looks like. Eight hundred eight four eight wabc I'm not through with this yet, but we're going to see whether we can get Derek. Maybe I can get Derek to weigh in on this one, too. This is just outrageous to me. And, and now we're all supposed to say, oh, my God, look what we're doing to the children. Look what you did to the children. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're here. WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Welcome to your Saturday morning. 
This is 29 featuring Lenny White. Lead vocals, shout out to Barry Sunjohn, Barry Johnson out in Queens, New York. Formerly, when I met him with the Pomoja Brothers. Bassist Val Burke has some songs on this album. Derek Hunter, columnist, author, radio broadcaster in his own right, and the last guest host is on with us. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, James. How are you? I'm in a mood. This freaking... I was Derek, listening to your story. Yeah, go ahead. This you New York Times story. Times. It's got to make this, you mad. It just, it just infuriated me. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, what the, what the hell? Now you notice that they were illegal, that they are, they never used the word illegal, of course, but now you notice that there are children alone in the United States. They don't care about how they walked across the border all alone, thanks to the Obama and Biden administration. They never cared how many of these girls got in trouble trying to walk across the border all alone. We still don't know how many of them are being trafficked. No explanation to that. But no, American businesses are evil because American businesses are actually hiring some of these children who have no other means of support. What in the hell? You know, I always found it uh, damning how the term unaccompanied minor, minors was just ignored as though, you know, it, we, we spend an enormous amount of money in this country trying to, quote, unquote, reunite them with whoever it was they were sent here to see or be with, a parent, uh, some sort of family member or who knows, whatever they actually were, what they claim the note pinned to their underwear says, but – it's bizarre to me that let's let's say the father is here and the mother sends the kid to be with the father. They marched their kid 2000 miles up Mexico. They marched their kid 2000 alone 2000 miles up Mexico with sexual exploiters and drug traffickers and what have you. And then they get to the southern border with a little note in their in their shirt and we say, "All right, well we'll spare no expense." We'll reunite you with your, your parent or family member here. Realistically, they should be kept from their parent or family member forever. Any parent that would – if you are living in Washington, D.C., and you say, you know what? I'm going to march junior to see Aunt Betty in St. Louis and just say point the kid west and go you go down this road and somebody will figure it out. Just Just follow the signs. You would be arrested and charged with child neglect. But illegal aliens, potential illegal aliens, are treated as though they're conquering heroes, as if they've accomplished something good, and the federal government spares no expense in reuniting 
the children with people who were in on the exploitation. It's very bizarre to me. The whole, you know, you just brought up a point, uh, Derek, that I, there was a story, I, I forget, maybe three or four months ago that I may have covered briefly or it may have just ended up in the stack about a woman who let her kids play unsupervised and the kids went a little bit beyond the yard and the kids mm-hmm. went and, and, and they ended up being visited by the social services. What are you doing to your children? They're unsupervised and they were in the neighborhood. Now, when I was a kid, we could play in the neighborhood and nobody yeah. cared. But of course, now in the age of you have to have a helmet, you have to have arm pads if you want to get on a bicycle because God help you if you fall. Um, <laughs> these days, they send the goons, the jack booted goons, out to your house if you let your kid wander too far away from home by themselves. But yet we have kids, as you say. Now, look, I think it's a horrible that someone would. would I, I don't discount this, that a parent, I, I try to imagine myself, what would a parent have to feel to let their kid march 2,000 miles by, by themselves into another country? Is it just, I can't afford to take care of you, and therefore you're up on your own? I don't know whether it's just callous, I want to get rid of this kid. I don't think it can be that. I think most parents must be heartbroken to separate themselves from their I, I would I, hope I, so. I don't care why the abuse happened. I care that the abuse happened, honestly. And the media plays on emotions like you're demonstrating there. How many bits of footage have you seen where, oh, and then this 13-year-old girl was reunited with her mother, and there's the tearful hugs, and, oh, look at them, they're back together, and you're supposed to have the triumphant movie music score going in the, on in the background of your head, when realistically you go, why? You couldn't afford a plane ticket. You could spend thousands of dollars on cartels. But you couldn't afford a plane ticket. I'm not buying it. These people aren't heroes. They're disgusting, and they should have their parental rights stripped from them. It is abuse. And I tell you one thing, you start stripping parental rights from these people and putting these kids up for adoption, not putting them where they're sent to, they'll stop being sent. Scott, hold on, Scott. Scott, what did you say to me in, during the break on this? I said, well, it's it, it's another one of these situations that's easily remediable. It's this the same exact mindset of lawlessness and not enforcing our own laws on the books that got us into this situation in the first place. And it, it, we've never had a problem with child labor. You just call whatever the procedure is for finding a company for having underage labor. You get that get that rolling. I mean, why is she writing an article about this? Why isn't she going to the authorities and saying, hey, we've got a bunch of illegal activity going on here. Can we maybe stop these underage minors from working that don't have a permit? And then while she's at it again, they're supposed to be deported. They're here illegally. They don't have asylum. Mm, that's the trick they don't do that they don't do that but there's nothing else to talk about there's nothing else to talk about you're listen you're talking to people who are talking about people who sit around and and do what they say nonstop. our immigration system is broken well when you've got the people in charge of our immigration system deliberately not implementing and or ignoring various parts of it of course it's not working
working. Open up a machine and pull out just some of the gears randomly, randomly pull out some gears and see if that machine works. It's not going. Our system works just fine. It's the people who are in charge of it are not working it, are not allowing it to work. So I just I don't have any sympathy. I, I really I have more sympathy for the kids. I have no sympathy for these parents. The parents should be stripped of their parental rights. You should say, all right, hey, Aunt Betty, we're coming. We're flying the kids to the Seattle airport. You'll be there to meet them. Oh, yes, I'll be there. And then you arrest her because she's in on it. She was complicit in the abuse. You maybe can't go to the person at the home country who sent them on their journey, but you sure as hell can punish and penalize the person holding the finish line tape. We've got some calls already, and just if you're on hold, stay on hold. We will get to you. I want to bring in some other topics here with Derek. The time is going by so fast, and I want to catch his views on a few things. Derek, one of the things that we've talked about before is media stuff and and movies and those things. There's a Disney executive now who is one of the head honchos over there at Pixar. That film, Mm -hmm. the woke film, uh, Lightyear, the one that they booted Tim Allen out of, that that thing flopped. It was a huge disaster. This was the one where Disney's first lesbian kiss and all this stuff. It was one of the first um, woke movies under their former CEO, uh, Bob Chappick. And so now this executive comes out and he's saying, we expected too much from the audience. This is, this is you know, our audience let us down. We we gave them too much. It was it's the it's the audience fault that the movie flopped. How does that Mike, make sense? The, the ultimate. I have a four year old and a five year old, as you know. They watched this movie at home. They will watch a movie to death, any movie to death. I have seen Puss in Boots more times than I care to imagine. <laughs> Shrek, Toy Story, you name it. They watched Lightyear once. They have not only never asked to watch it again, they I have suggested you want to watch this. They have no interest in watching it again. They'll watch reruns of Bluey on a loop endlessly like they're in the waiting room for hell for me. And they won't bat an eye. They have no interest in this movie. It's the wrong voice. It looks different you can't take i get what the movie was supposed to be the toy is based on the character in this movie that's a a pretty difficult concept to really get into the meat of for a five-year-old so all they know is the voice is different they don't know about a lesbian they don't know what a lesbian kiss is they couldn't care less maybe some parents are offended by it but i don't know but they they know the voice isn't right they know that the person is different and where's Woody. And that's all that kids where's know Woody? And all kids care about. And so it's not like the kids and my kids are sitting there going, God, I hate the gays. That's not at all what's going on. <laughs> one of their one of their aunts is amongst the gays and has a wife and they couldn't care less. They love her. <laughs> it is about a bad story where they took reality and kids anything you you move furniture around and the kid won't shut up about it for the next five days. So why don't you move the table over there? Why would you move the table? The table's over there. What's the table's always? So if you take a voice of a beloved character and change it, and then the look of that character and say, this is the same character, 
they are not going to be able to get it. I don't know who the idiot was who thought that this was a good idea, but they should be fired and they should hire me. <laughs> so you watch Bluey too. I have a four-year-old great nephew, and and he and I. This is our our time together. Is Uncle James watches Bluey with him, and I have to tell you, I freaking love Bluey. Bluey is very wholesome and very nice. You want to hear what's messed up? My kids, they like Peppa too. They used to love Peppa, Peppa the Pig. A, yes, they got. And no, it's not Peppa the Pig. It's just Peppa Pig. Pig is her last name. Um, okay, Peppa Pig. They, uh, they started talking with British accents. They watched so much of that crap. Thank <laughs> God they haven't done the Australian thing, but they would, they'd call me father, and they would talk about that I have an inflatable swimming pool I put up in the backyard in the in the summer, just, you know, a, a round, two, three-foot deep thing. And they'd talk about, we've got to go put on our swimming costumes. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they really are sponge. You could You could sell these kids on anything. Except Lightyear, they looked at it and they said, "I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm not interested." It has nothing to do with parents sitting there going, "I will not subject my child to a a lesbian kiss." It's like if the lesbian kiss happens, big deal. It's not like there's a lesbian kiss and then you see them throwing each other against the wall and climbing into. It's not like that. It's still stupid. It has no place in the story, but you wouldn't notice it unless you were looking for it, really. So. It's the movie sucks. That's the problem. Now I get it. The guy needs to justify his job. He's probably got a a, a lot of habits and maybe a second family. Who the hell knows that he's got to support? So he's got a lot of things that he's worried about. Nobody wants to lose their job, but somebody deserves to because they made a bad movie off of a bad concept. Period. End of story. Thank you, Derek, and 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 uh, we're coming back Saturday morning radio extravaganza with mom, with dad, with Bingo, <laughs> and with Bluey. Right after this, don't go away. WABC. It's Saturday! It's Saturday! 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 It's Saturday! It's the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Bill Collins brings us back. True Colors.
The gang is all here. Derek Hunter, author, columnist, the last guest host, a radio star in his own right, of course. Scott's here. Diego's here. Camila's here. I've got a story for Camila. I'm, I'm going to tell you now. What your, I'm going to tell you what your story is now, Camila, so you can get ready for this, okay? There, I sent this story to some of my uh, friends last night who happened to be either married or <clears throat> wish they were. A traditional housewife reveals how she loves being subservient to her husband. Did you hear that, Chameleon? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm listening. Hold on, yeah. let me go make sure my wife is streaming this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a story about a traditional house housewife. She spends six hours a day cooking and cleaning, and she celebrates being subservient to her husband she says it's her choice. It's the way she likes it. And she's just as happy as she can be being subservient to her man. So. Okay. Derek Hunter just turned on the subwoofer? What is that noise? <laughs> That's coming up. And then we're also going to be speaking with Rhonda for our shot of espresso. And then I said, we had some stories in the week about single men and how miserable they are. And we also had stories about um, how 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 really teenage girls are having such a difficult time. So we'll deal with all of that. But we've been speaking so far. We've covered a lot of ground. Now, Derek, there's another story here. Let's go political for a minute. That was. Do you give me your impression of the Gateway Pundit? Because I go to them once in a while, and every time I I, I click a story on Gateway Pundit, I feel sometimes I feel like I have to take a shower. But. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, I was going to make a joke that would be wildly inappropriate, but I'm not going to. It wasn't about you. It was about Jim Hoff. Uh, but I don't go to the Gateway Pundit. There's just okay. some websites that I don't go to. I um, I have seen the headlines and the body of the story, and rarely do they match up. So I just don't go. Okay, well, they have a story today that says Republicans are embracing early. Now, they're not the only ones that have said this, that Republicans are now going to embrace this whole early voting deal, and they're, they're going to be Democrats at their own game with this early voting. Let's have election month. Let's have election six weeks. Let's have election two months. So instead of fighting it, hey, can't we can't beat it, so let's join it and let's do it better than the Democrats are doing. What do you think about that? That's the way it should be. Look, if you were a National League team until recently and you had the ninth slot in your lineup almost a guaranteed out with your pitcher, you could have said, we've got to get the designated hitter. We need the designated hitter. We need." But until the, the rules are changed that you can have a designated hitter, you've got to deal with the fact that you've got a, a pretty much guaranteed out in the ninth slot. So you've got to learn to maybe, I don't know, get the pitchers to take some BP. You've got to learn to deal with reality as it is, not the reality the way you want it as you work to want it. Voting early is ridiculous. We managed to do it all on one day for 200-plus years, but now it's so damned important. Everybody's so concerned 
that everybody vote or everybody be able to vote. They're basically Democrats are about two steps away from offering people per completely filled out ballots so as to make it easy. I, I am of the opinion that voting needs to be not hard. You shouldn't have to walk through a minefield with a sniper taking shots at you, but it should be, you know, a little bit difficult. You have to go to the place, you know, burn three and a half calories, reaching into your pocket, pulling out your ID. Those sorts of things. If the vote, if the right to vote is so sacrosanct that, uh, you know, even pulling out an ID is a bridge too far, you should be, there should be minimal measures in place to ensure the, uh, the security of it and the accuracy of it, don't you think? But as long as these are the rules, then you better play by them. You better play by them. And then you work to change them. You can't, you know, your wishes and your your principles will, you know, all I say about the high road is it gives you a really nice view of your defeat. And I don't <laughs> want to be defeated. I want to win. Marianne Williamson has confirmed that she's going to run again. Now, <laughs> uh, I know Oprah's guru. I mean, come on. Come on. Look, I think I'm going to take Gross Point, Michigan. And she's she's just she's every bit as flaky as I don't know, she's your aunt that like gives you cigarettes for Christmas. She's just a weirdo. I don't know what there's something about this woman where you're like she's great and oh no there's an emergency happening maybe we can get Aunt Marianne to watch the kids so we can go no we can't we're not going to be able to go visit Grandma in the hospital <laughs> because the only option to watch the kids is Aunt Marianne. We're just We'll send out the good vibes into the universe so Grandma knows. And when she gets to the other side, we were thinking about her because we can't trust Aunt Marianne with the kids. She's that kind of woman. You wouldn't trust her to water your houseplants when you go away for the weekend, even if your houseplants are plastic. I, okay, I think, Mary, I have uh, two, two, two tracks of thought on Marianne. I thought that she came off a little bit flaky, as you said. A little bit. During... <laughs> but then some of the points that she raised were actually profound points. I will give you. She was good. Look, you don't make millions of dollars selling crystals or whatever the hell she did. And becoming, you don't become Oprah's guru because you're a complete moron, right? You got to read the room. You become <laughs> Oprah's guru because you know what you're doing. All the uh, hucksters you see on TV, they know what they're doing. You, you, they're gross. You feel like you need a Silkwood shower after you watch them. But there's somebody out there who suckers for it. And she can say things that you go, I do. That's, that is interesting. A stopped clock is right twice a day. But it's wrong every other moment of the day. That doesn't mean, <laughs> oh, oh, God, it's stopped clock. Gee, let's just uproot everything. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of other minutes of the day where the stop clock is wildly wrong. I love it. Uh, let us quickly head to the phones and go to Elmwood Park. Rick, you're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You're with the crew here. What's up, Rick? Thanks for taking my call, James. Um, I never wanted to be involved in politics at all because I knew it was 99% lies. But the child abuse broke me, and it started with, um, Al Gore's movie, An Inconvenient Truth, and it was completely geared towards fear-mongering children into thinking the end of the world is coming. And I just I couldn't take it. So I started doing research, and that's how I got involved. 
the, the global warming scam, CRT, transgenderism, the border, it's all hurting the children. Wow. Derek, respond to that. Well, the Democrat industrial complex has set up a manufacture their own voters machine, and it starts in the education system, and it does all of those things you just heard. It, it scares the hell out of people. If you notice, Democrats don't even really make the case for anything anymore. They make the case against other things. They make, well, yeah, no, we suck, but Republicans will be worse. No, Chicago, don't vote for a Republican. Baltimore, don't vote for a Republican. Don't because yeah, we suck, but we're protecting you from much, much worse. I don't know. First of all, I don't know how Republicans generationally lose that argument at some point. You know, when Lori Lightfoot is standing on a pile of six hundred bodies, saying, "But don't worry, it would be worse under somebody else." If you can't make a case against that, you probably should get out of the business. But um, you, of all people, know that the best way to make a case for something, for an alternative, is the first step is to try. And what you've started to do, James, is to try to get Republicans to, in fact, try to get conservatives to try. So you're at least working toward a solution on that front. Thank you. Yeah, we ha- you have to be in it, as they say, with the lottery. you got to be in it to win it. you got to be in. You can't just sit on the sidelines. Um, a little bit of a sucker's bet there. In the, the odds of winning may Somebody I, wins. Somebody, somebody wins. wins. Somebody does win. But, you but, know, okay, but you know sure. what? I Okay, so if we, here's, okay, uh, okay, tangent. So here's how I justify every time I go buy a lottery ticket. I, I figure, buy lottery tickets too. I'm just saying that's, okay. not, that's not my retirement plan. It's not my retirement plan either, but it, it's my, let me have at least a night of dreams. This is what to have, you know, the the Have you noticed the the deal you try to make with God every time you, everybody goes oh, the lottery's going to be 900 million a billion dollars and you go, yeah, well I really only need about uh, 100 million. You know, you'd, you'd scrape by in 100 million the rest you yeah, yeah. charity. But yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 I wouldn't do it. You're trying to do, you, all you're really trying to do is fool God. God knows what you're up to. God, like you're not you're going to blow it all at a strip club. You're going to be sitting right next to Hunter. <laughs> And forty pounds of cocaine, and you're not going to make it a week. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> you know what? I, what I'd really like to. Everybody has this. I'd set up. I've had that list made in my head a thousand times. The people I'd give money to. This is what I'd do with the money. Then this, this is talking to myself. That's how delusional I am on trying to fool God. I, I won't even say this out loud because I don't want to jinx it. But you know. That uh, third grade teacher of mine really could probably use a kick in her punching. So, you know, no, God's on to you. Okay. God's on to you. Just go, you know what? I don't want to work. Screw it. I want to live like Leonardo DiCaprio and have a new 26 year old Victoria's Secret model on my yacht every other Tuesday. Let's do this thing. Be honest. At least maybe God's not trying to help you with that, but the devil might go, you know what? I like your plan. I want to get <laughs> WABC Talk Radio, oh my goodness, 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back. We're going to take some of your calls. Derek Hunter's still here. Don't go away.
We played this yesterday on the Friday Bo Snerdly Rush Hour. This is a song that you know, but it's a different version. And it is with Earl Clue playing guitar. Got that nice, beautiful samba feel. But it's Stephen Bishop. Down in Jamaica, they got lots of pretty women. Steal your money, then they break your heart. Lonesome Sue, she's in love with old Sam. Take him from the fire into the frying pan. On and on, she just keeps on trying. And she smiles, but she feels like crying. On and on, on and on. Yeah, maybe we'll play the rest of that going out. Derek, uh, let's talk prosecutors for a minute, then let's get to some phone calls. This this George Gasson out in L.A., I mean, the latest is he fired a Well, he kicked off a, a prosecutor off the case of Hannah Tubbs. Now, let's not be confused about anything. Hannah Tubbs is a man mm. who says he is a woman, but he's accused of murder, and um, and and he, the lead prosecutor, a guy by the name of Shea Sana, was taken off the case after being investigated by, get this, the County Policy of Equity Investigation. <laughs> <clears throat> because he misgendered, because he misgendered. He's, he's not going along with this idea that this guy is a woman. And that's why he's been taken off the case by the Los Angeles District Attorney, George Gasson. And then in Michigan, and where is this? In Wisconsin, there's a candidate running, there, uh, there's a conservative and a liberal running for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. One of them is a judge who let off a rapist with 14 months in prison and 50 hours of community service. But you didn't really think he was a bad guy. He didn't really mean to do it. I think he raped his cousin, didn't he? Yeah, he raped his cousin. And so, ah, he's not a threat to anybody. He only raped his cousin. That's how so nice. How, I want to go live in the uh, backwoods of Ireland if I had my way with two girls. The left is insane. The left is insane. They have the flow chart of victimhood, and it is a hierarchy. It is a forever-changing flow chart of whatever group happens to be favored at the time. It's nonstop king of the mountain. And right now, the T in the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ, be at the top. It is a ready-made better alternative for anybody going to prison. Let's be honest, there's people, there's, there are prisoners in the UK 
man, trans man found guilty of rape moved to men's prison, or trans woman found guilty of rape. Why? Because he was raping, he raped a woman inside prison. Um, if I go to prison, I will tell you that I will volunteer this to, that to prosecutors. I am a woman, only in prison. That's how I identify. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. It's illegal to judge me. No, this is the problem when your um, the bulk of your arguments are not based in reality. It's just that simple that anything can be anything. Anyone can be. All you have to do is declare it. Click your heels three times and declare yourself to be whatever gender you want to be, and then you'll be imprisoned for it. I, I don't care if an adult wants to live their life in some weird delusional way. I couldn't care less. I'd wish that they'd get mental help, but I am not their keeper. They have to explain their lives to God. I don't have to explain them to God. But when you want me to, no, when you force me or try to force me to participate in your delusion, you lose me. All right? You can be Betty all you want. I'm not going to call you Betty. You want your certain pronouns. You're they, them. You're they, them. Well, pronouns, James, when I talk to you, it's like uh, I look at you or I'm on the phone with you or I, I use the second person pronoun, you. When I talk about you, that's when I use the third person pronouns. You are not a third person plural. You are a single individual. So I use he, him for you. Sometimes I use choice metaphors that are not family friendly for radio, but uh, modifiers, but that's beside the point. You are what you are. The point of these people demanding not only that they be treated as a gender they are not, but they are referred to as things they are not is so that they can control you when you are not talking to them. It's about controlling you as you talk about them because it is about ultimately the one common word is control. I refuse to play that game. Like I say, if you're an adult, you want to do something with another adult that's willing, I couldn't care less. You want me to celebrate it. You want me to cheer it. You want me to attend your parade. You want me to do whatever. I'm out. You're not going to compel me to do a damn thing. The left is definitely moving in the direction of compulsory caring. And I'm just not going to be a party to it. Mm -hmm. These people need to be thrown into a wood chipper. Forget prison. These people I'm talking about, the rapists, I'm talking about these perverts that harm children. They should be thrown into a wood chipper. Forget prison. Bypass it completely. Let us go to the phones. Pamela in central New Jersey. Thank you for waiting. Pamela, what's on your mind this morning on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza? Good morning. I agree with Derek on everything. Um, And very well put. Um, also, I think we need to make the Nantucket uh, plantation owners stop using these trafficked children to work their places. Now, this Nantucket situation you're talking about, give us a little more detail on that. Well, that's where a lot of the rich liberals live, and it, and it applies to every other rich area of California and wherever they live because they are the ones using – the traffic people over the border for cheap labor. Now, including children, when we get back after the top of the hour, I want to tell you about a little story that I read when I was a teenager, and I read it in the Reader's Digest, and it stuck with me, and it concerns child labor. So I'll I'll, I'll get to that, but thank you, Pamela. We appreciate it. Um, Derek, I do hope that something 
comes with this business. I'm still infuriated with this New York Times story about child labor. But on the other hand, when did you start working? When did you, when is the first time you picked up a saw? Were you a grown man or were you younger? I was younger. My dad did a lot of woodworking in the garage and built most of the things that were in our house made of wood. And so as a curious young kid, you 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 participate in that. You want to do what dad's doing. You want to see what dad's doing. So, yeah, probably around 10 or 11. Uh, he wouldn't give me the tools and leave me alone with them, but if I wanted to, he'd let me try. It was mostly a handsaw where you act manually do it, but still you could oh, yeah. do some damage. My first real job, first paying job, aside from cleaning up the dog dirt and raking leaves and stuff, was uh, a scorekeeper for softball on a couple of nights a week. My dad worked a concession. My dad and my sister worked a concession at the softball field. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'd keep score. I was terrible at it, by the way. I'd, be, I'd lose track of it. My mind would wander, and I'd have to, like, confer with the team's scorekeepers and just make up half the book. So the numbers added up, if nothing else. It just, But, yeah. Start him young because, you know what, I understood that I had to work. I was not born with a silver spoon anywhere in my body. Served me well. Yep. Well, Derek, thank you. Derek Hunter, you can find him at Town Hall. Derek, thanks for joining us. You can find him at townhall.com. You can also find him on Twitter. You can find Derek everywhere. We'll be back. Hour number two of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza continues right after the news. Don't go away. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome back. Our number duo, James Golden, here with you, Bo Snerdly. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Thanks again to Derek Hunter. Derek Hunter, the last guest host. Rush, uh, he was the last guest host that we had, the last new guest host on the Rush Limbaugh program. And Derek is an accomplished writer. He's an accomplished author and uh, columnist. And I just love talking with him. And I'm glad he spends the time with us each Saturday morning during our first hour to go over some of the news of the day. Um, okay, Camille, it's your turn. Camelia. Story. And I sent this to some of my friends last night. And boy, oh boy, did I get responses. One of my favorite responses comes from a very, uh, a, I'm not going to mention last name. But I haven't seen her in a very long time. She's married to a another buddy, my the couple, Wendy and Rob. And now Wendy is a very outspoken, independent woman. I haven't talked to her in a while, so I sent her the story that I'm I'm going to discuss with Camilla, the traditional housewife who reveals she loves being subservient to her husband. And I said, "Hey, Wendy, I miss you. Hope all is well with you and Rob. Hey, please do me a favor, show Rob this article." And the article, of course, is traditional housewife reveals she loves being subservient to her husband. And she says, hi, James. Hmm. After reading this headline, I'm not sure if I should say I miss you or F you. <laughs> she said with some hearts. <laughs> oh, and she said, well, actually, F you and I miss you. <laughs> and that's a sampling of just one of the responses I got. I got from 
other people. She looks like a robot. Are you sure? Are are you sure she's real? Artificial intelligence at its finest. Like, what? Okay, so here's the article. Yes. Traditional wife reveals she loves being subservient to her husband. She's a self-proclaimed traditional housewife. She spends six hours a day cooking, cleaning. She celebrates being subservient to her husband. She says it's her choice, the way she likes it. Her name is S.D. Williams. She's a 25-year-old. She lives in Richmond, Virginia. Connor, her husband, is 23, a little bit younger than her. Mm -hmm. Goes to work. He's the family breadwinner. He's an electrician. She says she takes her inspiration from the Bible. She has nothing against women who work, thinks no one should be judged for their choices. She says the husband, though, is the provider. He's the protector. He supports the family financially. And the woman is the homemaker. In her view, that's her, that's her, it's a choice that they made together. And she's very happy with it. She says people are really completely afraid to depend on their partner. And that's aha, aha. Okay. And she says a lot of people say, uh, think that she's taking back women to the 50s. They find what she's doing completely distasteful. But she believes nobody should be ashamed of their choices. She says their lifestyle is steeped in tradition. They have a freezer full of meat. Her husband hunts. He hunts. He got six guns and a bow and arrow. He's a hunter. She also only watches TV on the weekends. Although she makes small purchases like buying coffee without asking her husband, she says her husband has the final say on any big purchases, including buying their house. She says it's her faith, her Christian faith, that has inspired her decision to serve her husband. Serve her husband. I repeat one more time for some of you ladies out there. Serve her husband. (laughs) What she describes as an act of honor in the eyes of God. And I don't take that lightly at all. So she says she's always wanted this lifestyle. On their first date, she, um, he said that more than anything, he wanted to give a woman the stay-at-home role, the stay-at-home experience. He wanted to provide. They don't keep a TV in the living room or the bedroom. They don't watch TV a lot. And by the way, she dresses in dresses and stuff that looks like kind of the 50s outfits occasionally. It's all bright and cheery and all that good stuff. So, uh, Camille, Camelia. Ah, she's dragging it. That that last part that you said with the outfits, all right, she's doing too much. But so I'm if not... she, it, well, oh, 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 so let me just un- make sure I understand you, babe. So, if it's all good up until the outfits, it's like you're not going to wear no 1950s outfits, but you're down with everything else. You will serve your husband. I mean, it's 2023. We, yeah. she's really putting those dresses on. I mean, if that's what she likes, that's what she likes, but I'm not doing that. But I'm not knocking her lifestyle one bit. 
Would you do that? The the TVs thing and asking your husband to purchase. I mean, if he's bringing in all the money, then I do feel that he should know what it's being spent on and he should approve Preach what it, it's baby. being spent on before it, the baby. purchase is made. Preach it, baby. And if she has her own money, then she can buy what she likes. If he's what do you mean her own money? If hold she, on, hold on, like, hold on, you know hold on, when they on, used on. to. All right, go ahead. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, what, when you're married, what's this his and her business? It's, it's supposed to be our money, right? That's what I was told by the back by the sensitivity police. It's supposed to be our money, not your money and my money. Well, because if that was our money, then she would not have to ask her husband, you know, what to spend with it. But I'm saying, you know, sometimes back, well, way back then, her your husband would give you allowance or put some pocket money I heard about that. Yeah. And then at least if he gave her money and she and she's able to spend what she wants then fine. Um I'm not knocking her lifestyle though. If that's what she wants to do if they love it and it's working for them, that's great, but personally, I wouldn't live that way. Because like Because I'm already made. I'm a self-made. I'm an independent woman. I I can't depend on somebody else. I just can't do it. What's the whole purpose of being married if you can't depend on somebody else? I mean, I mean, like one hundred percent depend on. How much do you depend then? Is it like eighty percent? I depend on you, but then you're you 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 know you're. What I like or what it actually is right now. What you like. Uh, Well, I would like to depend on you at least. I'll say 50, 60. I mean, I can I can hold my own, but I want to know that if I fall down, you'd be able to to hold the both of us. Mm. Okay, Diego. Yes. You're not you're unmarried. Uh, if I'm unmarried. you had if you had a choice of uh a young lady and you could find one of these uh wants to be traditional how would you feel about that? You you down with this? You know, I would love to be a stay home husband. Actually, what? <laughs> <laughs> we have words for men like that. What is it? I'm not saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see. You. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I like to work. I like being here. But if if. If I had a wife and she she was very into staying at home, I'd be like, okay, stay at home. But if she was very into, okay, I'm going to work, I'm going to have my career, and I could, I don't know, do freelance music at home, you know? I mean, you I'd sit still home work, and let, still work. You, you sit home and let her go out to work. Yeah, if she if that's what What that's about what kids? What about when it's time to have kids? What I you going to do then? I would be the. I would stay at would, home, and take care of the kids. You would be a house husband all the way. You would. You would be yeah. the guy that, and you. You're okay with that. I'm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same way she's uh, the the woman in the article is okay with being a stay at home wife. Yeah. Scott, you're married. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I know your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so when I. Asked about this i said scott did you dare show this article to your wife what did you say what did you tell I me i said she would agree with it i didn't i didn't show it to her i just sent it to her this morning since we started talking about it and she doesn't think women should be able to vote 
she she's like hardcore into this and she actually did just respond because i was i was i didn't know what was going on. i'm like hey will you come on the air with us yes or no and she, then you know the little 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 bubble that comes up that somebody's typing a response i mean for like five minutes this is like like what's going on here but she did give us a response uh she said i'm gardening yeah. already um and i and i have not, and i have not been listening this morning because she's in the garden uh but to uh, buffer any gotchas the more liberation women have gained the more miserable they've become it's not subservient it's submission you're not a slave you defer to your husband because he puts you first and does everything because of that love and perhaps until they're drafted to the front lines women leaders love war and nancy pelosi should have been home baking cookies for her grandkids sparing us all that's that's my wife's uh response she got a lot there Damn. <laughs> whoa this show is always full of surprises <laughs> i am okay ladies i would love if if any ladies um if you are you is there a traditional wife among you? Uh, well, we're going to hear from Rhonda in the next hour. I can't wait to hear what Rhonda thinks about this. When Rhonda shot of espresso thinks about this one. But I mean, I like this. I like this. I is is there is this real? Is she the only one left in the world who will ask her husband's permission to buy stuff? And also, I mean, six hours a day she spends in the house cooking and cleaning, and she is happy as a lark. I used to see the pictures of this woman. She's smiling. She's bubbly. She's just as happy as she can be being right at home. Camila, I got to ask you one more question, okay? Because you, 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 you. Of if so, I'm led to understand by your answer that you, of course, you love being, you know, out working, and you have your own. You're yourself made person too, and all this business. But let me ask you about a word, two words that we had the other day, a, a few Saturdays ago, when we played that Aretha Franklin song. In fact, grab that song, Diego. Ain't no way by Aretha. Because this is the one that set some people in this audience off. When Aretha Franklin talks about this song about a woman's duty is to have and love a man. Or something to that effect. So, Camilla, if your guy says to you, I'm ready for you to stop working, baby. He says to you, Camilla, I love you, darling. I just love (laughs) you so much. And I don't want you out in that cold crew world anymore, Camilla. I want you home. I want you just taking care of me, taking care of the kids, and having a good life. Camilla, I love you, and I don't... I don't see any reason for you to be out there stressed, dealing with the negative, the toxins of the world. I want you to have a positive, rich, beautiful life here inside our house, our home. And I will do everything that a man has to do to keep you here. If one job's not enough, I'll work two. I'll work three. But I just need you to be home all the time. 
see. <laughs> that would be the happiest day of my life. Oh, baby, but, yes. But there's a but. 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 Yes. Am I going to be home by myself? Because if my man is outside breaking his back, two, three jobs just to keep me happy, I don't want it. I'm not going to live in bliss and he's working his behind off. But that's the way that's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm home by myself. I still no, not all the time. Something. Can I can do... I can I sit and do you know, people are home doing YouTube videos now. Can I sit and do that? You can do whatever you want to at home, baby, as long as it's as long as within, I'm at home. But is he going as you have to permission? be at home enough to give me the attention that I need? Well, now, wait a minute. I'm out here working, baby, two jobs, <laughs> 16 hours a day. I'm bringing home the paycheck. You don't have to work except for keeping the house. And I understand that that's a job. I'm not I'm not denigrating and that. And that is a job. It's a job. Phone. And you know I like things clean, baby. I like real clean. I don't want to see no dust when I get home. Talking about I didn't get have time to do that because you have time. Do it. Dust. I want my shirts ironed all the time. Want creases in those shirts too, lightly starched, please. <laughs> but I'm gonna take care of you. You never have to worry again. And and I'm transparent too. Here's the bank account. You see what's in there. And baby, I tell you what. Even because I love you so much, even if you want to take care of the finances, you want to write the checks after I give you permission on what to spend oh, that money man on. Oh, that's just plain stupid. Now, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I'm just saying. You're going to work outside. Because back do... in the old day, Camille, here's what used to happen. Women didn't do the finances, and so they didn't know what was going on. That's and true. Then when they, and then so now, no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying because I love you. I'm just being transparent. I think, I think it was better that way with women not, not being in control of the finances. They didn't could have bank accounts until like 1960 or 1970 or something, right? Oh, my goodness. So you think it was better back in the day when women didn't have control of Not the of... man working. I'm sorry. I have a son. There's no way I'm going to let my son work his, break his back and then let his woman still be in charge of all the money he makes. That is slavery. I wonder what the reparations for that are. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, we'll come up at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We'll come back right after this. WABC. This is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Open that your presence is very pleasant with us this morning. Have that first or second cup of coffee with us. Wendy Moulton brings us back in. Come in out of the rain. You believed that we find love together happily. After all the wrong I've done, you feel that I'm still the one to give you love and to. So bring it home to 
Let's go to the telephones here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Chris in Catskills, New York. Welcome. How are you, Chris? Well, Chris, I guess we'll move on because you're not answering. Margaret in Ardsley, New York. How are you? Good morning, James. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Margaret. I'm saying that's, that's good. Um, I'm just thinking of, of the discussion about the traditional marriage. And the first thing that came to my head was a scene in the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the mother and the daughter are speaking, and the daughter wants something the father won't let her have. And she goes to the mother, and she says, but mama, you know, the father is the head of the household. And the mother says, the father may be the head, but the mother is the neck. And wherever the neck turns, the head follows. Boom. And so I'm thinking about my grandparents' marriage, which was a traditional marriage. My grandfather brought the money home. My grandmother kept the house and the kids and the cooking and the cleaning. And there is no way on earth that I could ever say my grandmother was subservient. I never saw them argue. They probably had their words. I never saw it. When my grandfather was home, she was subservient, but she was not a subservient person. My grandmother hmm. was very much a woman, very much a person. And I think that, you know, we have, with women's lib, I think we have some things confused because men and women, physi- physiologically, psychologically, they're, they're, they're hardwired differently. Yes. That, that does not mean that they're not equal. Of course not. Equal, mean, right. Equal but different. Well, they're different, but... but I think different but equal. And, different but equal. You should celebrate that difference. I don't want to be, you know, I, if a woman wants to be a fireman and she wants to carry a 300-pound man down a ladder, fine. If she can do it, fine. God bless her. But I don't want to be that woman. I want to be somebody else. And well, okay. Um, so you talked to us about you talked to us about your grandma. How about you? Are you? Would you? You know, if if if. What about you? Well, you know, there have been a lot of things in my family that I had to take care of, and I never was so far blessed with having a marriage. Um, but if I was, I would want, mm, I would enjoy the role of being the one who takes care of the house. Wait a minute. Um, so, baby, so, so, Margaret, you're single, and... Uh... Yeah, you're single, and uh, you would actually like uh, being a traditional, you know, sort of wife, right? Yes, I, I, I would like that. Mm-hmm. I, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's something very nice about being. It's a way, you know, it's a way you show your love. In, in my, you know, in, in my, um, in my tradition, in my family where I grew up, you know. The, there are different ways to show love, and a lot of it is through taking care of, through cooking, through cleaning. Well, cleaning maybe not so much. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> I would like a little help in that area. But, you know, you know my, 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 my relatives are turning over their graves probably. But anyway, you know, I I just, I don't have the, I don't feel the need to be competitive 
and to be seen as, you know, a male, uh, I, I can do anything a male can do. I just don't have that need. And uh, I can see where other, others would have it. I think that probably it's um, it's too bad. Yeah. That, that, well, listen, Margaret, you know. I love you call. And by the way, <clears throat> hey, guys, Margaret, um, you know, likes the traditional life. <clears throat> Margaret in Ardsley. Thank you, Margaret. We uh, love you, and, and make sure to be in touch. And if we, we screen somebody that, we, well, anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but yes, Margaret, I'm sure that your voice has carried far and wide this morning and has piqued a lot of interest. I'll leave it like that. Thank you, Margaret. Appreciate the call. Oh, I got another response to, uh, I, I told you I sent this story out to a number of my friends last night. And I got a response, a very interesting response. It just says, Stepford wife. She's a Stepford wife. And then listening, I love listening. I'm listening to your show while I'm getting ready to go to work. Work, which I love doing. Work. And that should be important to any man who loves me. My needs and desires are just as important as his Communication is the key. Not every relationship has to be traditional. It's up to the couple to decide what's best. Well, that's what she said, that this was their choice. I I had a feeling you'd be talking about this. Well, I am. Because, yeah, and then another one on the Aretha Franklin song. Don't forget to play all of it. The part where there's no way to love you if you won't let me. Okay. Woman's duty. And another one. Yeah, you love this. Well, my text, I'm getting lit up on the texts. Oh, it's time. We are going to introduce, ladies and gentlemen, a new feature on the show today. And this is the feature. It is a participatory feature, meaning you at home have to participate with us. It's time for the Morning Dance. That's the name of this song by Spira Jara. Morning Dance. Now, if you're used to, like me, sitting three hours, or you're at home, you're in bed, or you're just hanging around, you don't move, let's have our Saturday Morning Dance. Scott, you have to participate. Camelia, you have to participate. And you too, Diego. I want to see movement here. I want to see a dance in your chair. You can start with the head if you want like that. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's dancing. Scott's dancing. Yeah, we're all... This is morning dance, folks. Move your head from side to side, right? Get those shoulders working. You know why? I've, this has been one of my favorite songs for years and years because that morning dance makes you happy. And there's nothing in the world like happiness. So we're at the midway point in the show. Every Saturday when you hear this, no matter what you're doing, get up and start moving around. Camille, I don't see you moving, baby. Now, I know you can dance. No twerking. Just... (laughs) No, no twerking. (laughs) Just dancing. 
Okay, now you have to get up out of your chairs. Okay, everybody, out of the seats. Come on, Diego, everybody up. You too, Scott, get up. All right, let's do it. Let's dance. And you went, come on, I know. I see you at home. Don't think I don't see you. Come on, get up. That's right, move from side to side. Move those hips. There's a reason why morning dance is a good thing. It brings your day into a good place. Here we go. Get those legs moving. And see, does this make you happy? Yes, it makes you happy. We're all up. Even Scott, Scott's hustling over here. Never danced to elevator music before. Elevator music. All right, let's take it home. This is where you just feel it. Let the music get into you. Clap your hands, come on. Danny's not dancing. That's our morning dance. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. If you want to take pictures of yourself doing the morning dance or videos and send them to us, we're going to figure out a way to do that. Because we're going to do it every week. It's time for the morning dance at 8.30 in the morning, Eastern. They can tag you on Twitter, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. And how would they do that? Uh, you compose the tweet and then... No, no, I mean, uh, what, is your, what is your... That's what I meant. At Bo Snerdly. <laughs> S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. At Bo Snerdly. Oh, I see a response on Twitter already. Oh, we can also start a hashtag. Hashtag morning dance Oh I got a great tweet from Yitzhak You're a Mitchell Who says Spiral Gyro Jews making music makes one happy I love it Yitzhak thank you so much That's on my Twitter screen right now Spiral Gyro I love that song I've heard that song for years Every time I hear Spiral Gyro morning dance It makes me happy makes me want to dance So I figured let's just do it Let's just have part of our morning dance, and we're going to do it every week. Yeah, take videos of yourself and and hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or something. We'll figure it out. All right, let's head back to, oh, wait a minute, Scott. Yes. Scott, your wife has weighed in more. She's continued the diatribe, and now she's gone into. Wait, wait, wait. Why would you call it a diatribe? Um, Because. Because it's a lengthy. What, what is the definition of a diatribe? The lengthy. I'll go with it. No, no, oh. that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with it. It's your, it's your wife. <laughs> All right. I'm so this, good. Is, this gets into uh, nurse 
uh, what do we call her again? The kook? What, <laughs> the, the kook. What, what is she? Yeah. The, the countess of kooks. Yes, this is a conversation we should be having with her as well. Uh, she says, let's not forget the CIA funded this whole feminism thing in MS Magazine or Ms. Magazine. What is it? Ms. Whatever that Ms. is. Ms. Magazine. Okay. Need to get children out of the home, away from the family, with moms working to poison the kids' minds. Ask who's raising your kids when you see them three hours a day. Also needed to tax the other 50% of the population. So now generations of useless women can't cook, can't sew, think killing babies is freedom so they can sleep with scores of men, all used up and empty, wasting their days for an employer that hates them instead of a family that loves them, then realizing they're empty lives and that they'd like to settle down. But by then their eggs have dried up. It's been a real war on women. I want you to read it again, but I want you to go slower this time. Because this is quite interesting. Read that one more time, Scott. This is from Scott's wife in relation to the article we we read early. All right. Let's not forget the CIA funded this whole feminism thing and Ms. Magazine. Need to get children out of the home, away from the family, with moms working to poison the kids' minds. Ask who is raising your kids when you see them three hours a day. Also needed to tax the other 50% of the population. So now generations of useless women can't cook, can't sew, think killing babies is freedom so they can sleep with scores of men, all used up and empty, wasting their days for an employer that hates them instead of a family that loves them, then realizing they're empty lives and that they'd like to settle down, but by then their eggs have dried up. It's been a real war on women. Whoa. Whoa, interesting. Let's go back to the telephones on that happy note. Kay in Manhattan, you're up next on WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Uh, thank you, and thank you, Scott, Scott's wife. Amen. Um, I'd just like to say that, that growing up in the 50s, 60s with traditional parents, um, my 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 mom, and I think this is pretty common, my father would give her the paycheck, she would give him an allowance, and she would pay the bills. So I think the, the thing has been, you know, I think the uh, traditional marriage in the past has been lied about. And I also think that the, why don't we ever ask the children, would you like your mother to be home with you? Would you like to console your child? Would you like to teach your child? And many, many women say yes. Very wealthy women uh, who are small, a small part of this, oh, they love their careers. But women who have to work, go to work, drop the kids off at the daycare, hassled. I mean, to say that the home is not a job, to say that the, ch- the, the, the children are not the highest the highest priority and the most important job is a huge lie, a huge lie. And I think women um, need to, they, they need to wake up. They think they're woke, but they're not. They're, they're, it, it, it's sad. The whole situation is sad. And, and, and we've been conned. American wow. women have been conned. American women have been conned. Kate, thank you. I cannot wait to hear what other people say when they weigh in on this. This, Wow, traditional women and traditional marriages. Now, uh, Dennis on on Twitter tells me, at Bo Snerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y, the morning dance 
tune was out of sync with your crew clapping. It was hilarious. I'm sure we can. Well, we had some we had some latency issues with that as it streamed, but okay, we'll figure it out. Says he loves our shows. Us and we, us and Rita Cosby, Ruley Airwaves, Mac from Bergen County. Thank you, Mac. Appreciate that. And we'll we'll work on that latency thing so that when we clap to our morning dance, we can have it in sync. We'll add our own hand claps to it. Okay. Let us go to, uh, let us see, Lynn in Perth, Amboy, New Jersey. Lynn, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Bo. Thanks for having my call. Sure. Delight. What's on your mind? Uh, about the lady um, that's subservient to her husband. Yes. I, um, I, think I, I think I may have fallen into that for a while. Um, Back in the eighties, I got married to a great guy. Um, yeah. But our and our our um, plan was to have children, and I would stay mm-hmm. home with them, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he would work. So yeah. I had four children, Ooh. and I did stay home with them. And you I guys like that? You 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 like that part about making the children home? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, people you always used to ask me, "Are they all from the same husband?" <laughs> Um, I found it insulting at the time, but now I get it, kind of. But (laughs) the the agreement was that he would work, I would stay home, I would raise the kids, and I did all that. I did all the school functions. I, you know, and what wound up happening was he hurt himself at his job, and then couldn't work, Uh which then, of course, made me have to go to work. And now I don't know if it's a mental thing with men or some men, yes, and some men, no, but he just totally went off the deep end. He went off the rails when he couldn't work. Right. When he couldn't work and I had to work, he couldn't stand seeing it. Then he started accusing me of um, of uh, being with other people because I was a bartender. It was really, I only had two years of college, so it was the fastest, easiest thing I could do to make an, you know, a good amount of money. And don't get me wrong, I I liked working. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but um and it, but it was hard. I still had a little baby who's only 8 months old and it was hard on both of us. But um I'd only say to that to that woman or any other woman is you always have to have a a backup plan. Because what if something happens to that man? What if something happens to your marriage? I want to insurance. Yeah. Insurance. If something happens, insurance. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I I don't know. I mean, I bet you every insurance agent out there saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insurance. I don't know. But I like this idea of you have to have a backup plan. But let me ask you a question. If you had it all over to do, and it sounds like you've had some ups and downs, Lynn, but if you had it all over to do, would you do it again? Um, Would I raise my children? Yes, I would. I, I would, if I could do it, I would do it. I don't foresee it, you know, in, in this day and age, I, I see young people and, um, I'm remarried, but all of my children are older now. I mm-hmm. have grandchildren. Um, and the man I'm remarried to doesn't even, doesn't want me to work, but he does. Like he wants me to work for me because that's what I enjoy. Because it makes you, time. because it makes you happy. Yeah. Right. And I think after working all those years being a single mom, raising four kids pretty much kind of on my own, I 
I got stronger and I could never think of not working. And I'm, yeah, I'm now 62. And some days I go to work and I say to myself, can I just retire? <laughs> but then <laughs> and I yes, think you about, can. Yeah, but then think about the alternative is I, I, I won't know what to do with myself. For, you know, I'd have to work part time or something like that. And I think that's, you know, it's a good mindset. And if you do want to live that way, I'm saying more power to you, but always, always keep a backup plan because always you never know what's going to happen. You well, know, then thank tomorrow- you. I appreciate that. We got to run along to a break, dear. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, we're, we're late for a break. We're going to take the break. We're coming back. WABC, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Wow. Yeah, you make me feel like dancing. I, I, we, did, we did our dance. Uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. The crew is here. It's Saturday morning. And we'll be back. Your telephone calls at 800-848-WABC. We've got a lot more news, too. And don't forget, we're going to have a shot of espresso in the next hour with Rhonda Schrock. So don't go away. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Will Downing brings us back. If you're not familiar with Will, you should be. He's just an amazing Artist. I gave that up for you. I know that makes you happy. When I come home at night, baby, my feelings are true. I'm not gaming on your female sensibilities. Say things I just don't mean. No, no. Gonna try to in your life. Like cool water when the sun is shining bright. So let me shine my in your life. Like cool water when the sun is shining bright. The Countess of Conspiracy has weighed back in. Now she is, if you missed uh, some of her remarks before, I know it's hard to keep up with all these beautiful ladies. She says, listen. Then the Countess of Conspiracy has an affinity for nursing. She says the nursing profession is mostly made up of women. What would this world do without working, working nurses? Well, Miss Countess, if women decided to stay home with their children, then obviously there would be more male nurses. And then things, you, you yeah, well. I don't know how well. I don't know how that would work. Meet but. the Fockers. What are you? The movie. Oh, it's a ben movie. Still- it's a movie. Ben Stiller. <laughs> I know. I know. It's <laughs> he was a male nurse. He was a male nurse. You never saw that? No, oh, I never saw watch, it. You should watch that. Okay, male nurse. That's what would happen. Countess of conspiracy. Men would do it. What did we do before they were female? What did we do before Clara Barton? You know, okay. 
But by the way, Clara Barton, American hero. And I'm I was just and I'm a little joking, but let me just say this. Um I have so much respect for the people at the Red Cross and what they did, Clara Barton. I mean, it's just that's a whole nother story. And and the Countess of Conspiracy says that having a backup plan, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And the Countess also says all she ever really wanted to do was be a wife and mom and have a large family. Mama was right. Yeah, so there you go. I wonder how many women still want to do that. Just be a wife and a mom and have and have a big family. Robert in Suffolk County has been holding since our first discussion on the immigrant children that came into America alone. And today the New York Times is upset because some of them are working. And this is, if you missed that hour, you missed a lot. That was the hour we also had Derek Hunter in our first hour. And one of the things that has enraged me is that now, after the Democrats successfully turn America into a third world nation, then they start complaining because we're exhibiting the symptoms of a third world nation. Well, okay, but Robert, your turn. Yes. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh, sorry, I missed Eric. Maybe he could have weighed in. But, well, he's uh, on text. He might weigh in still if he's not busy, you know, watching right. Bluey. Okay. Um, these kids are really turned into a form of slavery, let's say. The immigrant children? Yes, yes. And that is wrong and illegal on so many levels. You know, I promised. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead, Bo. I wanted to uh, talk about American children next. Go ahead. Talk about American. Go ahead. Talk about American children. Okay. What's happening with the parents not teaching their children, not watching over them? You're supposed to, parents. You parents have to protect your children. You have to stop them from being taught to hate, to be racist, and to become perverts and sex offenders in the future. And to stop these teachers, administrators, school boards, and other people from getting them to change their genders and mutilate their bodies. What you need to do is file criminal state charges against these people for endangering the health, safety, and welfare of your children. And since the majority of these things are sex offenses, for example, they're calling it a sex education video, but they're showing things like adult film type things to educate children about having gay sex, etc. If that was downloaded and I showed it to a kid, you'd go to I'd jail. I'd be arrested on federal. I'd be arrested on federal charges. Federal, yes, or you'd you'd go to jail. But yet you can read about it in schools. You're absolutely right. You are 100 percent right. Now, I also the Countess of Conspiracy uh, has been giving me an education and as I said to you earlier I have to vet things before I talk about them all the way 
And apparently, one of the things that I am learning, and I'm not ready to talk about it in depth yet because I don't know how widespread it is, but this child trafficking business, there's a lot to this. And when you tie that in with what happened with with Jeffrey Epstein and some of those figures involved with that, folks, there's something that's going on in underbelly in this society. I just don't know how widespread it is. But you look at these thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of kids who came into this country alone, which is what the New York Times is complaining about. The New York Times is complaining because some of them have to work and they are working to maintain a living. What did you expect when you opened up the border and you said, come on in? But more than that. There, there are a lot of children that are being, I don't want to say a lot. We are seeing rises in trafficking. And I'm going to have to do a lot more research before I talk about that in depth to see how widespread this thing really is. But this is all part of it. It's not just working in these factories that the New York Times, 22 pages today, doing an expose on what we should have all known would happen if you open up the borders to children unaccompanied by adults. You know, I just did a a, uh, search for New York Times unaccompanied minors at borders. And, of course, I can't read the entire article because I don't subscribe. But they, in 2021 just wrote this big, long article about more migrant families are entering the United States and being released, new figures from our show, as thousands of children remain in detention facilities. And they go on to complain about the uh, all the children being in detention facilities. Right. The exact opposite of what they're complaining about now. Because, of course, they could try to whack Donald Trump with that, and that's why they did it. But now, all of a sudden today, oh, my goodness, it's horrible. There are children 15 years old that are packing up Uh, Cheerios in a factory. It's horrible. There are young children that actually have to saw planks in South Dakota. I was using a handsaw when I was 12 years old. Now, I said there was a story that I wanted to talk about that I read in the Reader's Digest when I was a, um, a youngster, and I did. And this story talked about American morals and how I forget who was president at the time, But we had, the State Department was being urged at that point to stop sending aid to countries that allow child labor. And there was a big push on to to stop this. Someone actually did a report, and I believe the country was India, of what happened when child labor was stopped. And as it turns out, the child in this case was the only breadwinner in the family because the adults could not work and there was no safety net in their society like there are here. They didn't have these massive welfare programs. And so stopping this child from working meant the family was going to starve. And I remember it whacked my brain. I was like, this is terrible. And it is terrible. But it got me thinking about 
number one, how grateful we should be for our lifestyle here. And everyone in the world has different circumstances than we do. And we just can't do these one-size-fit-all policies without knowing what the implications are going to be. And that was one of my first rude awakenings to that. Anyway, more on the traditional marriage. Also, we're going to bring into the loop these articles about single men being so miserable and teenage girls being so miserable. Wow, if you look at the news, everybody is miserable. Bo Snurley, Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza News coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. We're still getting great reaction on Twitter from the morning dance. Cassandra, love morning dance Saturdays. Golden Bo, best. I love it. Thank you, Cassandra. And, you know, uh, next week, just so you know, Chameleon is going to lead the morning dance. Everybody's going to have a turn. Yep. We're doing the morning dance every Saturday part of the show. All right. This hour, we've got a shot of, shot of espresso with Rhonda Schrock coming up. That'll be shortly. And um, the Vera, you know, in addition to these stories about the traditional wife, if you're just joining us, Daily Mail had a huge a story about the traditional wife who actually loves being a traditional wife. It's rooted in her faith. She loves being subservient to her husband. Let me repeat that one more time. She loves being subservient to her husband. She loves being subservient to her husband. And I thought that we would hear uh, maybe a lot of pushback on that, but a surprising number of um, ladies that listen have had some really interesting and positive things to say about it. Scott, I'm going to have you read your wife's reaction, that last one, one more time, because that, that is also generating a lot of responses on social media and here. What did your wife write you one more time? Uh, Let me grab it. Uh, let's not forget the CIA funded this whole feminism thing and Ms. Magazine need to get children out of the home, away from the family with moms working to poison their minds. Ask who is raising your kids when you see them three hours a day. Also needed to tax the other 50% of the population. So now generations of useless women can't cook, can't sew, think babies, uh, think killing babies is freedom so they can sleep with scores of men. All used up and empty, wasting their days for an employer that hates them instead of a family that loves them. Then realizing their empty lives and that they'd like to settle down, but by then their eggs have dried up. It's been the real war on women. Wow. I say again, wow. All right, so there are some women that are unhappy. Now, there is an article in the New York Times, the old gray lady, the New York Times, American teens are really miserable. Why? 
Why? Why are American teens really miserable? American teenagers, and especially American teenage girls, are increasingly miserable. More likely to entertain suicidal thoughts and act on them. More likely to experience depression. More likely to be beset by persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. And that quotes a survey report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Adults in every era tend to fret about the condition of the youth relative to the good old days when we ourselves were young and full of promise. But in the debate about these psychological trends, the alarmists have the better of the argument. As cataloged by NYU's Jonathan Haidt, a leading alarm sounder and indicator after indicator, you can see an inflection point somewhere in the early 2010s where a darkening begins that remains. So, why is it? It seems obvious that social media has worsened the coming age of age experience relative to the halcyon 1990s, creating a sense of another consciousness that's welded to your own consciousness and has its own say all the time. That is according to a fellow teenager of the 90s, Freddie DeBoer. He wrote that recently. But when you're analyzing the effects of a technological shock, it's also useful to analyze the society that existed just as the shock arrived. On the Internet, we could have built any kind of world. We built this one. Why have we done this to ourselves? One answer is that social media entered into a world that was experiencing the triumph of a certain kind of social liberalism, which the new tech subjected to a stress test that has conspicuously failed. By social liberalism, let's clean that up real quick. I don't mean the progressivism that took off in the Trump era. I mean the more individualistic liberalism that emerged in the 60s and experienced the second takeoff in the first decade of the 2000s. Its defining features were rapid secularization, the decline of Christian identification accelerated from the 1990s onwards, and increasing social and sexual permissiveness, extending beyond support for same-sex marriage to beliefs about premarital sex, divorce, out-of-wedlock childbearing, marijuana use, and more. So, the social conditions. Is that what is responsible for so many teenage girls being so absolutely miserable? Another article this week in The Hill. Most young men are single. Most young women are not. More than 60% of young men are single, nearly twice the rate of young unattached women. 
signaling a larger breakdown in the social, romantic, and sexual life of the American male. Men in their 20s are more likely than women in their 20s to be romantically uninvolved, sexually dormant, friendless, and lonely. If I were going to make a joke about this, I'd just say losers. But I'm not going to make a joke about it. Because this is serious business. Now think about that profile a minute. And then what comes to your mind? When you have young men in their 20s who are uninvolved, in other words, they're loners, they're detached, they're sexually dormant. What is the term for Scott that, uh, or Diego for these men? There's a term for this, these men that don't have any, you know, sex relations with, with girls and women's no... Bachelor? <laughs> no, there's some new term that... Oh. Incel? Incel, that's it. Thank you, Diego. <coughs> what does that mean? What is it? Involuntary celibate. Oh, wow. That's it. That's right. The involuntary celibate. Okay, so now let's apply this 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 profile one more time. And then tell me who what you think of when you hear this profile. Okay, here's a guy who's uh, young in his 20s. He's uninvolved. He's an incel. He's sexually dormant. He doesn't have any friends. And he's lonely. That kind of person does what? Diego. Uh, Scott. Well, serial killer was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Okay. Every time we have one of these mass shootings and it involves Uh, a young kid, what do we hear? What do we hear? Well, they're not attached to anybody. They're young. They're not. They don't have a relationship. They're friendless. They don't have any friends. They feel left out. They feel bullied, lonely. I'm just saying. They stand at the vanguard, these 20-something-year-old men who are uninvolved, sexually dormant, friendless, and lonely. They stand at the vanguard of an epidemic. An epidemic of declining marriage, sexuality, and relationship that afflicts all of young America. We are in a crisis of connection, says Niobe Way. In the worst case scenario, the young American male's social disconnect can have tragic consequences. Young men commit suicide at four times the rate of young women. Now, we just had the other article saying Young teenage girls are miserable, and they're more likely than ever to commit suicide. Then you get this article, and it says men are even worse. They're four times more likely than even the miserable girls to commit suicide. And I ask the question again, what are we doing to America's children? And I'm not asking it frivolously. What are we doing as a society to these children? They are so unhappy. Societal changes that began in the Eisenhower years. Such bullshit. I didn't say it. 
But that's just such bullshit. They're gonna stick in a Republican in here. These changes began in the 1960s. After Camelot, after the JFK Camelot, in the Johnson and the Kennedy administration, during the Eisenhower administration, we were still in the leave it to beaver years. Societal changes that began in the Eisenhower years, that's just garbage have eroded the patriarchy that once ruled the American home, classroom, and workplace. So now, the patriarchy is gone. A, I thought the patriarchy was evil. A, women now collect 60% of bachelor's degrees. That's because guys don't want to go to these woke colleges. Men still earn more, but the youngest adults, the income gap, has narrowed to $43 a week. That is not much of an income gap. What are the poor liberals going to do when they can't whine about an income gap anymore? And now, here we go. Women don't need to be in long-term relationships. They don't need to be married. They'd rather go to brunch with friends than have a horrible date, says Greg Amados, a couple and family psychologist in L.A., Recent years have seen a historic rise in unpartnered Americans, particularly in the young. The pandemic made things worse. And then, bemoaning this, the share of sexually active Americans is at a 30-year low. You wouldn't know it. Everything in school is trying to encourage these young kids to have sex before they're even physically capable of it. Young men are also watching a lot of social media. They're watching a lot of porn. They're getting a lot of their needs met without having to go out, and it's starting to become a habit. I don't know how you get your needs met, but that's a whole different story. Some of them, if single young men are outnumbering single young women nearly two to one, Then who are all the young women dating? Aha! Some of them are dating each other. One-fifth of Generation Zs, one-fifth, one-fifth identify as queer. And bisexual women make up the large share of the young adult queer community. Younger women are also dating and marrying slightly older men. Yeah, not much. Heterosexual women are getting more choosy. Women don't want to marry down to form a long-term relationship with a man with less education and earnings than herself. Women are tiring of their stereotypical role as full-time therapists. Boy, I can see the reaction already from <clears throat> certain women that I know to this. <sighs> women are tiring of their stereotypical role as full-time therapist for emotionally distant men. They want a partner who is emotionally open and empathetic. 
the opposite of the age-old masculine ideal. Today in America, women expect more from the men, and unfortunately, so many men don't have more to give. It goes on and on, but that's the gist of this story. Ah. So, let us summarize. Teenage girls are unhappy and, and, and depressed and more often than in previous generations to be suicidal. Young men are miserable, sexless, sexless incels who are lonely, don't have friends, and they are four times as likely as the miserable teenage girls to commit suicide themselves. It's a suicidal generation. What are we doing to America's children? Oh, and a lot of women are dating other women. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, it is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza coming back right after this. WABC. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Santana Day yesterday on WABC's Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Was it yesterday or Thursday? It was Thursday. They blend together. The Supernatural album, which sold 30 million copies. It was the, um, we were celebrating the the anniversary of the release of Supernatural. Let's head back to the telephone, shall we? Eddie in Nassau. How are you, Eddie? Welcome. Thank you for waiting. 
Hey, enjoying the show. You kids are doing great. My salutes to Mr. Casamitidis. He's got the best kids going. I'm telling you, my suggestion for a bump of song, one, two, three, by Len Barry. But in the meantime, back to nurses and doctors. You have to remember also that the most quoted word on the battlefields and undoubtedly hospital tables is the word mom. Mom. That's right. Right. And remember, right. the story about, remember the story about the old beachcomber and everything who finds a long-lost Aladdin's lamp, and the genie appears and says, I'll grant you a wish. He says, well, to be honest with you, genie says, I always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I'm terrified of flying and being on the ocean pretty late. The time makes me so sick I couldn't handle it. He says, build me a bridge from here to Hawaii, and I'll tell you, I'll pack up and drive right over there. So the genie looks at him, he goes, look, uh, he says, what you're asking is very stupendous. He says, I would ask you to give me a secondary option. He says, well, uh, Jeannie, I, I want to understand women. Ah, yeah, Jeannie, I want to understand women. They've always baffled me, perplexed me ever since I was a kid. Yeah, I want to understand women. Jeannie goes, you know, kid, uh, what about that bridge? Do you want a two-line highway or a four-line highway? <laughs> show, kids, laugh it up. We need it. Thank you, man. Appreciate the call. Eddie, that was a good one. All right, let's go to Jan in New Jersey. Jan, how are you this morning? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. We have, it's time. And she's there waiting patiently. I didn't forget you, Rhonda. My mind just blanked. We have a shot of espresso time with Rhonda Schrock. How are you, Rhonda? Well, James, as a traditional housewife, I've got a little work to do here. Uh-oh. Yeah, I just found out yesterday that my uh, refrigerator security is about as porous as the southern border. Um, apparently, my teenager is having a growth spurt, and he just announced to his dad and I that he had made a midnight raid down here while we were sleeping. So I, I got some work to do there. Uh, <laughs> gotta love it. Boys gotta eat. Boys gotta eat. I know. I, know. I love it. Uh, where do you want to start, James? I mean, I could tackle any one of those topics that you were just talking about because they're actually all connected. Well, okay, let's start with the why are these single men and single women, young, so freaking miserable that they're that they're actually committing suicide in higher numbers? And what the, what's going on? Let's start there. Well. Actually, the pantry raider was listening to you the other day when you first mentioned that. And after the show, he just said to his dad and I, I can tell you the reason for the disconnection. And he waggled his cell phone at us. So technology, I think, plays a big role here. Uh, these kids don't know how to connect in real life. They don't know how. And as human beings, we are wired for connection. And to do that, you actually have to spend time with other people, uh, hearing the tone of the voice, seeing the expressions on the face, being able to touch them, being able to just be with them. It does something not only for your nervous system, but just for your whole emotional well-being. And these kids aren't doing that. So they're stunted. They're, they're stifled. Uh, they're unfulfilled, and they're desperately lonely, and COVID exacerbated that. I have friends who are professionals who are seeing the aftermath of that. Um, the other thing about technology is you mentioned pornography, and that's a very real um, issue. Um, as my husband says, it's a fake connection. It isn't real. You are not connecting emotionally in any way with the person on the screen, and the lie of pornography is that the next one will satisfy me, the next one, and it never does. 
So it takes the place of actual emotional connection. Uh, the other the other reason I think that they're so lonely and shut down and they're not getting married, they're not procreating, is because of this war that we've been seeing on gender and sexuality. And I'm going to call the church out a little bit here because they have played the flip side of the coin, James, and we come from that world, so I know. Um, there's always – we had a former pastor that said there are two ditches on every issue, and our goal is to shoot down the middle. So you have hedonism or licentiousness where nothing is off limits in one ditch. But in the other ditch, you have uh, everything is off limits, uh, guilt, shame, oppression, repression. And when you get enough of that, you shut that part of you down. Well, wait, well, well hold on a minute. Hold, hold on. What are you saying here, Rhonda? Because if the church used to, back in the old days, the ancient days where I'm from, the church actually used to reinforce a more bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Thank you for being here for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Bye. <laughs>